Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Today we want to acknowledge our public servants and those who place their lives on the line in miscellaneous ways, uh, some through helping those who are hurting, those who, to, to take down those who are trying to hurt someone, those who medically come alongside those who are in a situation that's dire or in need. Um, whether, whatever that looks like, our first responders, we want to honor you today. And they're the ones that help bring peace and tranquility to our uh, communities and if I can be honest, I struggled with the text that I was going to bring to you as a body here this morning. With the house lights up, I wanted to just talk with you for a few moments about a text that kind of opened up to me. It opened up to me more and more as I read it. The more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized that there are uh, there's so many concepts in this passage that brought real life to what it is that um, we are kind of addressing here this morning and our first responders. Life has a series of moments that end up defining us, and this is one of those moments brought to us in Scripture, and I want to bring a message this morning entitled, In a Moment, In a Moment. And if we look at how our first responders respond, they respond in a moment. They respond in that moment that some of us are in our worst situation. You even saw in the video, so you, you, you're kind of in a situation where the people are at their worst. And, and that's probably the only thing I have in common with first responders. And there's always something that happens in the moment and you're diving into someone's life, trying to help them get through situations. But, um, you know, contrary to popular opinion, I'm not dodging bullets typically as a pastor. I'm not uh, running alongside putting, you know... Uh, trying to stop someone from bleeding, even though I do have three children and that happens from occasion, you know. But you as first responders, I wanted to kind of bring a word to you specifically, but I also believe that this word I'm about to bring to you as a body applies to you as well. Because every single one of us in one way or another have a moment to respond, have a moment to be able to be a part of something that can ultimately change someone's life. And so as we dive in this morning, the story of the Good Samaritan told in Luke chapter 10, probably you've heard a hundred sermons on this, I get it, but I hope to bring a different element here this morning that will kind of enlighten you to something that I saw that I'd never really seen before. If you would allow me a few moments this morning, um, we look at the story where unfortunately uh, Jesus was being asked a question to trap him. How many know that people try to trap Jesus? Is that right? So they try to trap Jesus, and it's a pretty famous story, and one of the most uh, beautiful stories about humanity shared in God's word. The story is told about a lawyer who came to ask Jesus some questions, and he was not an honest inquirer. He, was, he had an ulterior motive, and he asked his master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And, the, and basically, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And so we look at that, that particular passage. And, and then we look at what is happening in the Good Samaritan passage found in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If we look at Luke chapter 10, we look at verse 30. We're told about the takers. Everybody say the takers. 
the takers. See, we're told about the road to, from Jerusalem to Jericho covered some of the worst thieves and robbers and, and the worst of the worst in a lot of ways. And Jesus declared that there was a man traveling down this highway and then he bumped into some people who were not so kind, right? And so they, 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 these thieves, they stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and left him for dead. And in a moment, in a moment, he lost everything he had with him, which looks, when we look at the philosophy of the takers, we look at the philosophy that says, whatever is thine is mine. This is the taker's philosophy in the world we live in. Whatever is thine is mine, right? Whatever is yours is mine. That's the taker's philosophy, and they have those in this world. Now, first responders are helping keep those people at bay. Right? And keeping an eye on those particular individuals. We know one thing, there is one thief that is doing everything he can to, to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes not, to kill, uh, not but for, to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so our society is filled with takers. Some will call them parasites. Some will call them predators. But these individuals... Their particular uh, philosophy is to take and destroy. And so we have people that are on our side, keeping our communities safe from the takers. Occasionally we read in a newspaper about some thief who will break into some home and take some things that are not theirs. And we think, man, that's so wrong. But do you know that the enemy is stealing joy from people every day? Do you know that the enemy is stealing uh, your home? He's stealing marriages every single day. Nothing that's tangible. Joy is intangible. Right? That feeling of peace is intangible. You can't pick it up, but you can feel it. You can know it. And, and individuals like you, first responders that are here this morning, you all have helped to bring joy and bring peace to our communities. So the takers say, whatever is thine is mine, and I'll take it. Our first responders do everything they can to stop that. Second thought is the observers. We have the observers. Those are the people, uh, we look at the observers, if we look at the story of Jesus, uh, the man who was robbed and left for dead, Jesus telling the story, a priest came by, a priest came by, and he passed on the other side. He avoided it. The Bible says that, that when he was at the place, he came and looked at him and passed on the other side. The priest and the Levite, they look at things in this story. They're observers. They're people that see things. Now, listen, I'm a shepherd. As a pastor, I'm a shepherd, right? I'm not a real shepherd. Like, like Tony Cruz is not a shepherd in real life. I own 10 sheep, but... But in the pastoral sense, I, I, I oversee a body that is needing to be guarded and protected from lies, from deception, and covered in prayer. How many appreciate being covered in prayer? Yeah. Well, know that as a leadership team and as a pastoral team, we're praying for you. We're believing God for you, but I'm also watching. I'm watching the things in your life. I'm watching the things that are spoken into your life to guard you from the wolves. Because you are my sheep. Those of you that attend this body, you're my sheep. And I'm to protect that because that's my job to look over and watch that nothing harms the sheep that God, have, God has given me. 
And so there are times that sometimes people don't see pastors as, as shepherds. They see us as people that might want to judge them for what they do wrong. And trust me, that's not my goal. My goal is to not look and find fault. You heard it earlier, even in the video. You know, most, of, most uh, officers and things, they're not out to try to find someone doing something wrong. But they have, that stuff will find you. Right? That stuff is out there. But, but in the same way, pastors, we're trying to help you find your place. Help you not be caught in deception and lies. And so in that same respect, we look at this story. And yet this priest, this Levite, walked on the other side. He was observing observing and there's a lot of believers that do that today there's a lot of believers that see and they don't do and so uh, we understand that the priests and Levite were religious people of the day they were um, apparently this particular one was indifferent to need pastor and evangelist of the early 1900s F.B. Meyer said this and I, I loved it there was a couple quotes I'm going to give you be ready for this he said this I believe that if that if there is one thing which pierces the master's heart with unutterable grief is not the world's iniquity but the church's indifference church we can't be indifferent about things in other words whatever whatever that is a horrible answer that our society has really embraced right you do you i'll do me whatever that is not the church's model hello our motto is not love God, love people, whatever. <laughs> you don't want to love God, whatever. You don't want to love people, whatever. That's not the motto of this church or should be the motto of any church for that matter. The whatever mindset has to leave our minds. It has to be kicked out because scripture teaches us that we are God's love extended. Yes? The shame is not that the world's being themselves. The shame is that the church isn't being themselves. In speaking of apathy, Albert George Butzer said this, some Christians are not only like salt that's lost its savor, but like pepper that's lost its pep. And last quote here, someone said, suggested this painfully real thought for our society. The, the civili this civilization died because it didn't want to be bothered. Church, we honor our first responders today. We appreciate them because they go out of their way even though it's bothered them. Even though sometimes things have uh, obstructed their schedules. They have given of themselves for many, many, many years, many of them. And in the same way, we have to realize we have to be bothered. We have to be bothered. We have to be bothered by the sin that is around us. And it should cause us to pray. It should cause us to seek. It should cause us to serve. Hello? There was an article in the paper that was entitled, um, Where Are the Samaritans? And there were four different stories in this article. And that's not the real article, by the way. But the first article had to do with a New York City mailman who was shot, get this, shot by a sniper and then ran into a building to recover and was ordered out of the building because he was bleeding on the ground. 
Church, I know that's not a church that it happened. It happened in the building. But it's still humanity that has a dent in it. A second article came from Oklahoma City where a woman gave birth on a sidewalk and bystanders turned their faces and the nearby hotel refused to give her even a blanket for her newborn child. Same article, true story. Third story was about an incident in Dayton, Ohio where a dozen people in Dayton, Ohio saw a woman dive her car into the Miami River in an accident and a dozen people in Dayton watched as they kind of said, what, do we do anything? The lady ended up drowning. A dozen people saw it happen. A fourth story about a nine-year-old boy by the name of Jimmy Wilkinson who played, was playing with a pal and fell into Lake Ontario. At the time, there were 20 men fishing and none of them reached out. None of them used their nets. None of them did anything in an effort to save this boy. Why? Humanity has a dent. Humanity has a dent. All these stories are incidents that happened in a moment. We don't know when they're going to happen, but we have to be ready to give and serve and love. Sometimes life offers you only but a moment to respond. And today we honor those who have taken time out. And these that we honor today are part of the third category, and they're the givers. They're the givers. The Good Samaritan now story was a giver. His philosophy, whatever is mine is thine. And so we look at the first one, the takers, whatever is thine is mine, right? Then we look at the observers, whatever is mine is mine. My time, my schedule, I need to do what I want to do. That's the observers. And then we have the takers, excuse me, the givers who have turned and did everything they can to affect those around them. And their philosophy is, whatever is mine is thine. Whatever I have is yours. And so that's the giver mentality. That's the giver philosophy. Today is our desire to honor the givers. Today is our desire to pay our tribute to those who have given, to those who have made a contribution to lives. And our history and our heritage as a nation is too long and too glorious, listen to me now, to be recounted in one message. There's no way I can put this all in a short message of how much first responders and even down into the military as we celebrated Memorial Day recently, those people that have given of themselves. You follow me? There's no way a message or one service can thank them enough. We can't. But the very same thing is true to say this morning that there are those that give every day. These are good Samaritans. These, my friends, are the givers. In verse 33, the Bible says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. That is where the victim of the robbery had taken place. When he saw him, he had compassion on him and, and, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He cared, even in an environment that was not caring. That road that he was on was not a caring road. But the Jews were prejudiced to Samaritans at the time, and there was a real big issue there. So for him to stop and do this was a big deal. One of the things that really blew my mind was a story, a true story that I heard, and I'm going to close with this. And it's about an expert swimmer 
who actually taught men and women to swim and dive in a university. And one night, he was in this university, and he, was, he stayed on campus, and he couldn't sleep that particular night very well. He didn't sleep very well, and he decided, I'm going to go for a swim and kind of maybe just tire myself out so I can go to sleep. And he knew that place and, you know, taught there for many, many years. And when he got to the pool area, didn't turn the lights on, just went over to the diving board. He knew every square inch of that place. He knew it. And he climbed up the steps and he, he could see just vaguely as they were, uh, there was a skylight and there was enough light from the moon for him to be able to see some things in the room. Went up the steps onto the diving board. He stood there and he, was, he stood at the edge of the board and he looked up. And as he was about to approach his dive, he, he put his hands out to dive and at that moment he looked up at the, at the wall and between the moon shining and the light, he saw a reflection of himself on the wall and it was a form of a cross. And he stood there for a moment and thought to himself, that's absolutely beautiful. Now, this, true story, this instructor is not a believer, not a Christian, but he had some roots in his faith earlier in his life. So when he stood there and he saw that cross, he just stood for a moment, frozen. He put his hands down and something tugged on him about the cross. Didn't feel like diving anymore. Went down the steps carefully and he said I'm just gonna sit poolside and as he went to reach down to put his foot in the pool he thought he mismeasured so he went down and started taking steps down the pool and then he later realized as he reached the bottom of the pool he didn't know the pool had been emptied he stood there in shock It was at that moment that he got to his knees, right there in that empty pool. He didn't realize that it had been drained a day or so before. He got on his knees and he said a prayer that he could remember. And he said to himself, it was the cross that saved me. It was the cross that saved me. Friends, we could find ourselves in situations circumstances but make no mistake while these people give their lives and, and, and people of the faith kind of help you walk through life it is the cross that saves people and their souls amen today I wanted to say a prayer for you as a body before we honor our first responders here today. So Father, we take a moment and we say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that no matter what is going on around us, we realize that if, we, if it wasn't for you, we would be diving into an empty pool Lord, without you, we would be facing death with no hope of redemption. God, I thank you that today we know Jesus. And for those that don't today, I pray, impress on them the love of God, the reckless love, as we heard earlier, love of God. 
May they see the cross. May they see Jesus lifted high. May they realize it is the cross that saves them today. Father, we're grateful today for every single person at the sound of my voice. And Lord, today we also take a moment and say thank you for the first responders that we honor here today. In Jesus' name we pray.